Hello, welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And remember how we said we were excited to get back to trash? We spoke about a lot of great horror films throughout October. I want to go back to October. Oh, <laughs> I feel drained. So, <laughs> you may recall, previously on the podcast, we took, we've discussed a lot of music films, such as uh, Xanadu, Can't Stop the Music, Crossroads, uh, Spice World, and then it all comes to this. Do you know who didn't need a film? <laughs> S Club 7 did not need a film. Well, they're not S Club 7, they're S Club. S Club, and here we are today, talking about S Club, scene double. So, just... <sighs> I don't know how successful S Club were in America. I don't think they were successful to warrant this. They had two TV series on British TV that were set in America. Mm. Um, LA 7, is it Miami 7? Yeah, something like that. Um, Linda Blair was in one of them, actually. <laughs> and the majority of this film is set in America. Filmed in America, I, I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> but, uh, set in America. So, and the idea is that they're massively successful in America. But I don't think any of our American listeners would have an any idea who S Club no, 7 were. Absolutely not. So S Club 7, like, so the Spice Girls were successful in America. They're mm. known in America. S Club 7 were a British band in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Let's face it, up. specifically made for kids. Yeah, specifically made for kids, really. And, and we were kids back then, so we yeah. were fans of S Club 7. Or well, we knew their music. Um, very cheesy pop music. Um, there were seven of them, as, as, the, uh, as the name sort of explains. Um... But in this film, there's six because Paul left. <laughs> Paul left because it was too cheesy for him and he wanted to do some proper music. Paul also stalked Hannah and sold his Brit Award on eBay. Yeah, so there was some drama. <laughs> there's been drama. Just just Wikipedia, though. Honestly, the life story of Paul from Escal 7 is more entertaining yeah. than this fucking bless, film. Bless him, he's had a hard time. Um, I've had a fucking hard time after watching this film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I, I don't feel like they were ever really big enough to warrant having no. a film based around them, but whatever. Well, I, I mean, suppose they had the TV series, so this was the next logical step. It's not the normal order I'll do it, but let's just go straight to the budget. So there's, I, there's nowhere on the internet that tells you the budget in this film. You can't find it anywhere. Probably because it cost fucking nothing to make. And yeah, I don't think it was... I, I genuinely don't feel like it was filmed in America at all. And it made just under 3.5 million. Even by... That's not huge, is it? No. no. So this was released in 2003, and even by 2003 standards, that's a bomb. That's a oh. big fucking bomb. I would, I would assume it made slight money. <laughs> yeah. Slight. Very slight. It's directed by Nigel Dick. Um, Nigel Dick has... An interesting IMDb picture where he's holding his jacket open. He's just wearing a T-shirt that says Dick. He is a dick for making this film <laughs> exist. So that's very, very appropriate. Uh, he also made P.I. Private Investigations, 
Final Combination, The Elevator, and Berlin Calling, as well as music videos for the likes of Nickelback, there's no surprise, Anastasia, The Wanted, Pussycat Dolls, Britney Spears, Oasis, Cher, R.E.M., Alton John, Jessica Simpson, The Offspring, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and many more. That's pretty good. He, he started like Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, yeah. stuff like that. It doesn't always translate. Not everyone's the next David Finch, or are they? No. I mean, this is very much the case <laughs> but of... even the music sections of this film are really poor. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they make no fucking sense. But it's not like they, they turn into like a music video and you're like, it's not yeah. it's jarring in that sense. No. It's jarring because it just makes absolutely yeah. no sense whatsoever. If you want to be a musical, first of all, have more songs in it. They had more than fucking... Like, three songs. Oh, my God. You expect <laughs> the back catalogue of S Club 7, some real pop bangers, putting a set around a plot, a storyline. What you get is a couple of classics. No, songs specifically from the album, seeing Double. Again, like all the other music films You've we've never had spoke a, about. You've never had a dream come true? It was from the album. Was it really? It was on the album. Oh, so the so album... It's literally just made to promote the album. Don't Stop Moving wasn't though. Yeah. Was it really? Uh-huh. Was Paul not in the music video for I thought Paul moving? was in the music I thought video. Paul was part. He must have left between... He must have maybe left I'll, before I'll, this film I'll jump straight out. to this this fact. Where is it? I've got it on here somewhere. Um, oh, no, sorry. I apologise. Apart from Never Had a Dream Come True and Don't Stop Moving, all the songs featured in the movie came from S Club's final album, Seeing Double. What? So fucking two songs? Yeah, there was only four, so four no, songs. There was one they performed um, as a musical thing that I didn't recognise. That must have been from seeing Double. Yeah. And... When they're driving round. Yeah. And, like, little ones that play in the background. That's yeah. not promoting an album, Hans. That's not promoting an album. It's not. Oh. And that was so their final album. Yeah, so shame. why the fuck did they not put other songs in there? Why didn't they just make it an S-Club musical? Yeah. With a couple of songs from their new album. What? Oh, I don't know. And you look at all the other albums that, that have spawned films. I mean, look at Spice World. Great album. Yeah. Shit film, Shit but film. great album. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the Britney Spears album that um, spawned Crossroads. What fucking album was that? Oh, I don't know. Either way. Whatever. Been, was it Oops, I Did It Again? It may have been. Not but either way, whatever it was, great album, shit film. This... <laughs> Clearly, shit album, shit film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's certainly not Tommy. Uh, it, the thing is, it's like you said, Escal Seven were very much geared towards children. It's like now, to a certain extent, you could listen to like fucking I don't know, Steps and Backstreet Boys. You could probably listen to them seriously whilst appreciating how cheesy they were. Escal Seven, you can't do that with. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't quite say. I mean, Reach, Don't Stop Moving. S Club Party, they still get the... the if, yeah, if you're drunk language. and you're at a 90s night, yeah, then I maybe. Wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily go wouldn't, out on my way to listen to that. I can't picture being in the gym or go for a walk listening to S Club 7. No. I and taking myself not. seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, the potential is there to have a kids film, a fucking cheesy kids film, but it's... <laughs> It's not, and, and the thing is, you know, you're probably listening to thinking, oh, it's a PG, of course it's shit. No, 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 no you don't understand. This is not a kid's film. <laughs> there are <They're> weird, <laughs> weird, weird adult jokes in this film. Yeah, that don't, 
they're not funny. Also, they, they don't make sense in the context no, of the film. No, And back to the point I, I was going to say uh, a few minutes ago, is in a musical, when you have songs playing, they're meant to make sense to the scenes they're in. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, Summer Loving in Greece, you know, it makes sense to that scene. He's telling a story, it's put through by Is song. your reference point? Okay, um, the time warp in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> It's just them demonstrating how fucking weird everything is. And it, it puts you in there. There's a light over at the Frankenstein place. They're, they're walking towards like a Frankenstein exactly. castle. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, shock treatment didn't make a lot of sense, but even that made more sense than this. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... In the songs are just out of nowhere. They're, they're meant to, you know... Tell you what's happening. Tell you, tell you a story and further the plot of the film, or or at least sort of recap the plot and what's going on. That's different to music films, mm. whereas music films are films that have music in them, like yeah. Nashville and, and and such. Look at look at Rocketman. Yeah. Look at Rocketman. That used songs from Alison John that weren't specifically written for a musical and put them in an order. To tell a story. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a jukebox. Musical, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. That's exactly they what they could have done here. That's exactly what they could have done. Yeah, musical. Okay, so we'll run about that some more when we actually get to the songs. Oh. Um, so, Joe, um, as Brits might know as a massive racist. Uh, so, I'm just going to explain. S Club 7 were Joe, Hannah, Tina, Rachel, Bradley, John and Paul. So obviously Paul left before this film was released, so you just had six. Yeah, you already told that story. Yeah. I was just explaining. <laughs> Thank the S you. Club seven. Thank you very much. Seven. Um, did you want to talk about S Club Juniors? No. <laughs> well, I've mentioned it now. Can you explain? No. S Club Juniors were just they were more geared to children because they were children and they were spawned off from S Club basically, and there were eight of them. They did, they, I think they had their own TV show, but they didn't have their own film. Thank God. <laughs> so, Joe, um, who had a lot of controversy after this, weren't it? <laughs> We're just going to dedicate the podcast to gossip <laughs> around well, S Club. People listen to us for gossip. We always spill a bit of tea. And this is some juicy tea. So, Joe... Was so Joe was basically the lead singer, really. Her and Bradley had the best voices. Um, well, they they did back in the day. She had a really strong voice, and she she usually took most of the solo parts, really. Didn't yeah, she? I suppose her and Bradley, um, and she she didn't really have the look of the pop of a pop star. No. Let's let's be fair. <laughs> um, but afterwards, after S Club broke up, um, she was in Big Brother. Um, a celebrity big brother here in the UK and she was embroiled in some um, controversy uh, to do with racist bullying, wasn't she? Yes, so she was one of the racist bullies. Yeah, so we're not a huge fan of Joe, let's be be fair. Um, Which just makes it um, acceptable to laugh at the fact that she sold a script on eBay for £155. I feel sorry for whoever the fuck bought that script for £155 because the fucking script makes no sense what that's probably why they brought it to see. absolutely yeah they probably bought it so they could try and piece it together and make a proper fucking logical film now I d- uh, I'm in- not every film has to be logical and I can forgive you know some issues 
with decisions that characters make or, or things that happen that aren't quite logical. But this is fucking taking the piss. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into it once we go in. But Jesus Christ, I was confused. So also some more facts about Joe. She was suffering from back problems at the time, resulting in her doing less physical activities. So she walks out of the prison whilst everyone else runs. She doesn't appear in the shower scenes. And she's sitting on the sidelines while the group is rehearsing. <laughs> I noticed through a lot of this. Yeah, because she does sit. <laughs> yeah. Whilst they rehearse, yeah, she's not getting a dance routine, so she sits out. But it's made to look like she's just really shit at mm. choreography. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll get to that when we get there. But there are a few scenes in this in the film where she's just not present at all, <laughs> and I'm like, like what's, why did the rest of them? And Joe got some prior commitments. She's going solo <laughs> on them. What's going on? Whilst the group are discussing whether or not to find a manager, a subtle reference to the Spice Girls is made, such as "We can manage ourselves, do loads of solo projects that no one will buy, you can marry a footballer, Rach, and have loads of babies with really silly names." <gasps> subtle. <laughs> Very rude. Uh, S-Club's manager, Simon Fuller, previously managed the Spice Girls before being fired. There we go. So that was him throwing shade at Spice Girls. Yeah, and completely unwarranted, because I can assure you that the solo singles of the Spice Girls are pretty damn good, and the, the majority of them did sell well, so that's very rude. I mean, when it comes to... S Club. There's Rachel Stevens. Obviously, she had some bangers. Yeah, but and that's uh, it. Songs, songs. Um, <laughs> why did you say? Why didn't you say well, bangers? Well, for all our British listeners, bangers could mean boobs, couldn't it? Oh, I don't know. That's what straight people say. Um, so bangers means it's a great song that yes gets, gets people. Yes, I think excited. Americans understand that. I know. It's probably just me. No, I know. I think bangers there. is British. Is that- yeah. And in America, they would say, oh, that's my jam. Cool. Or what would they, no, how would they describe it in America? That's my... Oh. That's my, you, but they wouldn't say that every single time. Who gives a fuck? Let's move on. So, <laughs> are, you, are you over the bangers conversation? Yes, yes. <laughs> fuck, where was I? <laughs> um, yeah, no, Rachel Stevens has some great solo songs. Um, but the rest of them did fuck all. Yeah. Did, did any of them even have... So, Hannah was in Seed of Chucky. Hannah was in Seed of Chucky. So, for all our Chucky fans out there, if you remember the... Was she the nanny? Oh, no. She, she was, was the, the agent. She was Jennifer Tilly's agent. And you know what? She wasn't that bad in Seed of Chucky. She wasn't, actually. She, uh, it's, she's probably one of the best things about it, and that's saying a lot. Um, she's awful in this. Yeah. Who the fuck told them they could act? No, no one. They had a TV show prior to this, and I seem to remember watching it when I was younger, so I... I don't remember a lot about that. I only remember one specific thing about this, which I'll get to when it comes to it. Um, who the fuck told them they can act? This is awful. I've never seen acting like this. Like, this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. And I've seen some shit. I just find it crazy how little chemistry they have. I know! <laughs> They're in a band together. They're in a band. They've been touring for years prior to this. And there is no chemistry. No. Whatsoever. But then you can only do what you've got. You know, you can only deal with what, what's been handed to you. And, and such a fucking shoddy script. I suppose no one could make this any good. 
I don't know who the rest of the cast are. Well, I'll help you with that. Oh, All you. of the celebrity clones came from lookalike agencies in the UK, apart are. from cast member Gareth Gates, who played himself. He's the only celebrity to have proper lines, and he, the only celebrity clone. So Gareth Gates is in this. Gareth Gates um, came... <laughs> the summer's British episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's more British than Spice Girls, man. So Gareth Gates came second in the first ever series of Pop Idol, which was the British precursor to American Idol. This is and from the creators. And then subsequently other idols uh, around the well, world. Well, apparently to the poster, this is from the creators of American Idol. I yeah, Simon, it, it? yeah oh, Simon, Simon Fuller, Fuller with... Simon Cowell yeah. created Pop Idol, mm-hmm. which went on to become American Idol. But yeah, so Gareth Gates is pretty much a nobody now. Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I ain't even being harsh. He literally had like one song. No, he had a few. Did he? Did he? Yeah. He did that shit Spirits on the Sky cover. Yeah, he had a few number one singles. Did he really? He did have a few the number one singles. The fuck is wrong singles. with the UK? I was always a Will Young fan. Will Young won that series of Pop Idol. I mean, he's the lesser of two evils, really, isn't he? Will Young's not great. He's not that bad. He's better than Gareth Gates. Yeah. Stop trying to be cool. We all knew you bought the CD. Will Young and Michelle McManus. Will Young. <laughs> now, Michelle McManus had one song. Why wasn't she in this? She won the second series of Pop Idol. Because I, I'm not sure if the second series of Pop Idol had aired by the time this was Why wasn't Steve Brookstein in this? Because that was way after. <laughs> Steve Brookstein, stop it. Stop trying to make me fucking explain random <laughs> reality TV contestants to people. I refuse to do it. Was this the same year as Girls Aloud? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Imagine if they had a film. That would be good. Girls Aloud would be good. Just watch the Mess Haunted episode. Soon, af- soon after release, the Group S Club, that originally had seven members, as Chris explained twice, broke up. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> Embarrassment, I assume. Hannah's coloured hair uh, wasn't chosen by the stylist. She coloured it a few days before filming began, and the director liked it and kept it in. Looked awful. It did look terrible. It did look really Hannah, nice. I can't emphasise enough. Hannah is a fucking twat in this film. <laughs> I fucking hated her. <laughs> the oh my She's god! Annoying in this film. <laughs> John says on the DVD's bonus features, which we thankfully didn't watch, um, that it took three months to film one and a half hours. <laughs> oh my god! Comparing to having to film over seven hours footage in a month for the TV series. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. It, it almost took us that long to uh, watch it. So there isn't much trivia. I know we've just made a lot of it up ourselves telling you about British culture. Um, I, this is something I normally wouldn't do, but there's two IMDb reviews that caught my eye that I'd like to read out. Uh, the first one was... I think... I'm not going to give the names out because, you know, I, I ain't got permission and all, and all that shit. Um, I think the movie was a hit. I think, no, 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 I know the movie was a hit, and I love S-Club. S-Club 7 are great, and I've loved them for a long time. I don't know why people have a problem with them making movies. The the programs were a big hit. That's why they made the movie. And now they have people that are disliking them. That's not right. S-Club 7 are a band for Disney, and always will be good, even though they don't sing. They are down in history. 
<laughs> Look at all the other boring movies like Rocky. Ugh. And the good movies, High School Musical, and they basically copied and pasted this four times in the same review. What, the whole review? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and my second favourite was one who was a little more honest about it. And said, I did not particularly want to watch this film in the first place, but after seeing it, I really wish I hadn't. I was extremely bored one day during the Christmas holidays. I sat down to watch this with my younger sister, hoping I'd at least get a few cheap laughs. How wrong was I? I don't even think my younger sister enjoyed it because it was that bad. The plot had so many holes, it was like a pair of fishnet tights. Oh, it was basic enough to have been completed in ten minutes, but instead it was dragged out over almost two hours. The acting was very, very poor, and the jokes, if you can call them jokes, were just strange. I mean, that absolutely sums us up. Did you write that review? It sums it up so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it is ridiculous that it takes 90 minutes to flesh the story out. It really does. It, takes so, it feels like five hours. So the loose plot is, when the members of S-Club complain about how tough it is to stay on top... They find themselves replaced by lookalikes, or are they? Yeah, they are. What, what, what does that even mean? Of course they are. I'm no, sorry, no, they're clones. We don't find out until 50 clones, minutes in. Clones, clones, Gary. We start with an old guy with a beard driving up to um, a castle and walking in while singing Don't Stop Moving to the S Club Beat. Just that line, just over and over again. I thought he was driving away from the castle. You know, probably. I'm pretty sure he was driving away from the castle and then ended up at the castle. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. He does get out singing Don't Stop Moving to himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, now, I haven't got this guy's name. He is a... Professor. Stereotypical James Bond villain. Yeah. He's got the accent for it. Poor he, man's Christopher Lee. Yeah, basically. He has an underground lab of clones of S-Club that he brings to life. And he says, welcome to Evil Peak. Eagle Peak, sorry. Eagle, Eagle Peak. Peak. Um, welcome to Eagle Peak. And then he starts saying, S Club, S Club, S Club. <laughs> so he starts chanting S Club and then it's mixed into screaming fans also chanting uh, and greeting them as they do an album tour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So they're at the airport and the, the fans, S Club, ah, S Club, I probably guarantee no one ever fucking did that first concert. Maybe, maybe. Come they on, have, give me a fucking following. break. They did have a following. You know. Yeah, the I've following in this film are in their 40s. Can't like, we like the Backstreet Boys, can we? Well, listen. The following in this film is made up of grown adults. Some In some of the scenes, they are like grown <laughs> adults. Like, it must be like in their late 20s. And I'm a bit like, why are you getting a CD signed? <laughs> So, um, they've got, they're holding a record, so it must have gone gold or whatever. Uh, a record sales guy squeezes Rachel's ass. It looks like he's trying to shove a finger up there. Yeah, so, a joke that hasn't aged very well. I'm not even sure if it was... I don't see how this ever would have been funny. No. Well, it, it was a running joke. It's very British. Well, no, it's not. It's very old school, very old fashioned humour where she gets her ass pinched. She, she's like, oh, you, and that's it. Mm. He didn't even get a slap or anything like that. But then, in an even more bizarre series of events, John has a piss outdoors against the wall and then gets really pissed off when some fans ask him for an autograph. It's not even against a wall. It's against, like, um, a plant pot. 
Why is he having a piss of, in our doors? In the middle of this area. Yeah. And they run up to him whilst he's having a piss. Why are they making him out to be so obnoxious? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not fucking Axel Rose. Come on, mate. <laughs> Why are you having a piss in the middle of the public area? And he's just, he's so annoyed. Like, Give me a fucking minute. I'll fucking sign yeah. your CDs in a second. <laughs> I don't know what song's playing worse. No, it's, it's some shit. It's really bad. Um, they're all making plans about going home, but the manager, uh, Alistair, ruins their plans. Yeah, so they've just had a sellout gig. Massive. We've got a huge following. Um, they're, they're in Spain, aren't they? Yeah. So they've got a huge following in Spain. They've of just course. had a sold-out gig. Uh, and their manager, Alistair, won't give them any time off. And uh, that's when we get the, can we be our own management? Why don't you marry a footballer, Rachel? Yeah. All that shit. Uh, they debate sacking him. Uh, Bradley, that's what Bradley suggests to marry, Rachel marrying a footballer. Uh, and then the press barge in. They do. Out of nowhere. But Alistair invites them in, doesn't he? Because they're not so, allowed any time off. No, and now, uh, you know, I say it a lot on this podcast. You're going to hear it a lot in this episode. In a, in a very bizarre Series of very, very bizarre series of events. Chris, would you like to explain what happens? So they ask S Club... In a PG kids film. In a PG kids film, a series of questions, including, do you see yourselves as a manufactured band? (laughs) To which John replies, do you see yourself as a war correspondent? (laughs) And then we cut to the journalist looking really ashamed of himself, like really upset. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been read to Phil. Then another journalist asks, how many of you girls have had implants? (coughs) To which Hannah replies, I had a cactus once, but it died. Why the fuck? Hilarity. Why the fuck would any journalist ask S Club 7 if they've had implants? Oh, journalists are trash. Yeah. They particularly were back then. Even I, so, I ain't denying that that wasn't a question, but why are you why are you using that as a joke in a family friendly film? Exactly, targeted to your kiddie audience who aren't really going to know what implants are. Exactly, like I mean, I watched this when I was like eleven. It went over my head. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's insane. Like, imagine your kids asking you like when they're watching a Sam Seven film, Mum, what's implants? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, he's like, Mum, I don't get that joke. Can you explain it to me? Well, implants, Gary, are when women <laughs> want bigger breasts. I'm like, oh. Another question was, what do you miss most about being on tour, when you're on tour, excuse me, to which we get replies such as, my dog, Sunday roasts, and John says, tea with the queen. John from S Club 7 has never had tea with the queen. I can promise you that. I, I'm not sure if it's... I'm not sure what the joke is there. I... I, I don't know what the joke yeah. is there. Because all these journalists are British, aren't they? No. Are they not? They're Spanish. They're in Spain. They sound British to me. Some of them are British. I don't fucking know. Because it can't be at all we're British. We must have tea with the Queen joke, can it? I don't it? know. Who the fuck knows? Either way, there's no way anyone from S Club 7 has ever had tea with the Queen. Mm, well, Rachel Stevens might have. Maybe. Um... John tells the manager that Joe's feet stink. Yeah, essentially. So they're all going to the... And do you know what? They're in a really nice hotel. It's not a bad hotel. No. 
And later on, they bitch about having to stay in shit. They bitch about staying in shit but it's not a bad hotel. So they're going off to their room to get a good night's sleep before the next day. They have to be up in three hours for their flight to America. Um, which I, I don't get because they were under the impression that they were, that was the end of their tour. Yeah. But, oh, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, and John just... Why does he say that her... Oh, Alistair says loads of people would love to be in your shoes. And John says... Oh, they wouldn't want to be in Joe's shoes. They stink. So how can you go within the space of a couple of minutes from a joke about breast implants to a smelly feet joke? Yeah. Like, which one is it? Where are we going with this? (coughs) Both of them are highly immature and not funny. But where are we going with this? Exactly. (laughs) Then, in, in a very bizarre series of events, um... Someone dressed like one of the cop destroyers. What's her name, Suzanne? I don't know what her fucking I name I have her name down as Suzanne. She's then briefly in another scene. To, yeah, she's not in the film much. I thought she would be, so I wanted to get her name down. But um, I got Suzanne to begin with, and I think I called her Natasha by the end. I, I don't know what her name was, but I wish she was in the film more. It would have been much better. <laughs> so she turns up, um, just knocks out uh, Alistair... Well, she does a funky dance. She does, she's, yeah. Uh, she's got ants in her pants. She's looking quite robotic, mm. doing some sort of karate dance stuff. And then, yeah, is it, does she kick him and knock him out? She does, she kicks him in the face. It's probably kicks the best scene in the, in the film. Yeah, potentially. Um, Hannah is screaming like an idiot at a clock. Yeah, this goes on for it, a very long time. It goes on for so fucking long. She's realised that they've missed their flight. Yeah, and then they all start screaming, as if it couldn't get any worse. Um... Alistair the Manister is... Uh, Manister? <laughs> Alistair the Manister? I wish they called him that. Alistair the Manager checked out without telling them, apparently, and left them a €2,000 bill. Um, Bradley thinks he's left them there with no money or transport as a joke. Yes. Uh... Rachel finds his credit card, and they are over the moon. Yes, yeah, so they're quite excited to finally have a day off. Because they've been sort of left to their own devices by Alistair the Bannister, and uh, for some Manister. reason, for some reason, reason Rachel has his credit card. Yeah. Or someone's credit card. It didn't actually say um, whose credit card it was. I assumed it was Alistair's. So then we get a montage of Hannah shopping, mm-hmm. like with loads of shopping bags, uh, in and out of shops, trying on sunglasses. Rachel is at a spa. She's got a face mask on. <laughs> John is sightseeing, and Tina is at the market. Where, what, what did Joe do during this time, in this montage? I don't think, I think this is one of the parts where she didn't partake. Do you know what Bradley did during this montage? Yes, so Bradley had a nap. He stayed in bed all day. He stayed in bed, so he has a nap, he wakes up and eats some ice cream. And he says that it's been the best day of his life. And then he gets fed grapes by the maid... Yeah. They have a little sultry little eye contact, don't they? Mm. Um, And she feeds him grapes. (laughs) And he does... So at dinner time, or lunchtime, I don't fucking know, it's still still light, but they're at at some sort of cafe. Um, He says it's been the best day of his life. What an exciting life he leads. But Joe didn't partake in that, did she? And what I want to know is, they're all separate during a scene. I mean, first of all, this is fucking awful. They're going out spending someone else's money. They're, they're committing fraud. You know, they're, they're using this guy's credit card. But how the fuck 
are all of them using his card at the same time? That's very true. When they are all in separate places. They're all in separate places. How many credit cards did this guy have? There's only one that you see Rachel pulling out. Yeah, but what I don't understand is how they can have a platinum album, a whistle-stop tour of the whole world, sold-out concerts, and yet none of them have any personal wealth to cover <laughs> any of these costs. <laughs> you know what this makes me think of? <laughs> that interview. The interview where they basically get called Paul. <laughs> So it's quite a famous YouTube clip. It's better than this entire film. It's from a TV show. It must have been around this time, to be fair. Uh, it's from a TV show, and they're being interviewed by a British broadcaster, <laughs> old, good old Claudia Winkleman. And she asks them about how much money they're getting, because the rumours are that they feel like they're not getting enough money as they should be. So she asks them about it and they very awkwardly try and sort of answer, but not answer. Uh, and their press rep comes in to the, the studio and goes, no, I'm no, sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, we're not having this. They're not answering that. They're I'm not sorry. Answering that. I told you and I've had to come in here and tell you, you can't ask them that. We're going now. We're going. And they awkwardly <laughs> But it, it does remind me of that, because I ain't being funny, but surely one of them could cover the, the bill. 2,000 yeah. euros. They broke up shortly after this, so this, so they released... They must have been at the height of their fame. <laughs> they released an entire film where they make out they don't get any money at all. Yeah. Then they have a problem with someone asking them that they don't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, the, the thing is, this whole film, they're, all they ever talk about is that they're overworked they never get any time off being famous is awful <laughs> and uh, basically you know they they've had this whole subplot about them having to use someone's credit card because between the six of them they can't cover the cost of a 2000 euro hotel bill <laughs> Even though they're made out to be one of the biggest acts in the world. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, they've, they've just gone round somehow all spending one credit card. Yeah. Um, committing fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're meant to like these people. And a uh, great example for kids. A waitress walks up to them after they've finished eating and cuts up the credit card and walks away. <laughs> yeah. I always Didn't say this, a thing. I always found this really weird. It was a thing. I remember it from Friends mainly, where they were allowed. Oh no, Sex in the Sea. Mm. Uh, when she's in Dolce and Gabbana, and he's on the phone, and uh, yeah. So basically, back in the day, before the, the internet really took off, even though the internet does feature in the it stone, does. Uh, before the internet really took off. Um, they would call the credit card people and the credit card people would say, nah, cut, cut it up, can't use it anymore. Yeah. Because you'd maxed it out. Which I didn't get. I mean, can you not just... Uh, let's not get into credit card. Uh, Hannah suggests... <laughs> I've already had to explain Gareth Gates to people. <laughs> I ain't going to explain how credit cards work. Hannah suggests putting the card back together with a nail glue because she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> They need the tickets back to LA, but Natalie, their uh, touring agent, I assume, um, has their tickets, and no one has her number. Nobody has her number. No. 
What the fuck? She is your tour agent, tour manager, whatever. She's in charge of where you go. She has your fucking belongings. Why do you not have a phone number? She should be there anyway to see them okay. out. Like I said, I'm not looking for realism in no. the Let's Club 7 film, but no. this is ridiculous. This is. This because is ridiculous. Because there's too many instances of this shit yeah. throughout the whole fucking film. So they pay for their dinner with the loose change that they've got in their pockets. Yeah. And they li- they have two euros left. Between the six of them, their personal wealth amounts to two euros. Yeah. The money they put down on the table did not cover that amount of food they had. There's no, no way. So they're going to have to go back on tour to get the money. Yes. So they, it's as easy as that. That's why they decide to go to work. Yeah. But if it's as easy as that, then they should have had money from the fucking world tour that they've just fucking finished. Yeah. Hannah has the worst fake panic attack in film history. She does, yeah. It, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, it, it is, is cringy to watch. Oh, I've got no oxygen going to me brain. Oh, oh I'm hallucinating. Yeah. And it turns out she's not hallucinating. She could see S Club on TV with seven members on the stage forming S Club party. <laughs> Strangely enough, the, the the weird thing about this scene is it's not the fact that there's seven members on there and there's only six. It's the fact that it's apparently live. <laughs> yeah. Why could they have just not filmed a new performance with just the six of them? Well, How lazy. The problem is they wanted to get like a massive crowd, a stadium crowd for the clip. So it's quite clearly an old clip. Yeah. Um, and they tried to hide the fact that there's seven of them on stage. It's you barely noticeable in this clip, but the clip is actually used again. Yeah, the same at one. the end of the film. And it's the same, like, 30 seconds of it as well. Yeah, yeah. But you can tell that they're all... Because their hairstyles, they look a lot younger. Let's yeah. be fair. Oh, not a lot younger. It's only been a few years. But they look completely different in, in this clip. But apparently it's live. Yes. And they're confused because it can't be live because they're in Spain. So they ask the cafe owner what the name of the show is. Mm-hmm. What's it called, Gary? It's happening now. It's happening S now. Club. <laughs> S Club. And his favourite is Joe. Yeah. That's fucking not true. No one's favourite is Joe, let's face it. So just just to reiterate that it's happening now and it's live, <laughs> they called the show It's Happening Now, S Club. This is the lazy... Did they just put this into a fucking computer and let a bot write this? It's so know. lazy. It's, yeah. A child could have done better than this. But, so, he says that Joe's his favourite. Joe... It's fuming. It's fuming. Looks him dead in the <laughs> eye. Absolutely looks him yeah, dead she in racist, the eye. Yeah, she's racist, ain't Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just said that Joe is his favourite from S Club. So, he knows S Club enough to have him on the TV, yeah. number one, but also to know that Joe is his favourite, to know yeah. her name and to know what she looks like. And she looks him dead in the eye. <laughs> he looks at her dead in the eye. And she says, that's not Joe. I'm Joe. And what does he say? You're not Joe. She looks exactly like... <laughs> she looks and she is Joe. exactly like Joe. The people she's with look and sound exactly like the other members <laughs> of S Club. Apparently this dude is... A bit, he must at least be more than just a mild fan to yeah. know her name and to have a favourite but he's just completely dismisses it it's as it, it's as if six complete random it's as if girls allowed walked up and said <laughs> no I'm Joe 
From S Club. No, <laughs> then you say, no, you're not. You don't look like her. You don't sound like her love. You don't dress like her. But this is fucking Joe. But he's like, no, no, you're not Joe. That's Joe on the TV. How can, how, how can you, the person right in front of me, who looks and sounds and dresses just like Joe, be Joe when I can see Joe on the TV? Because the TV must be real and you're fake. Fuck off. Fuck off. Shit writing. I thought she was going to punch him. She, Joe constantly... She constantly looks like she's going to punch someone in this film. And what fucking pisses me off with this film, other than that, is that they try and shoehorn in these character traits. And I'll go through them as we go through the film. But Joe's character trait, essentially, is because they all have to have a quirky character trait. Hannah's dumb. Essentially, yeah, she's ditzy. She's she's a bit thick. Uh, Joe is angry, aggressive, yeah. always fuming, always fuming, which isn't particularly flattering. I don't remember the TV show very well. I'm not sure if they had these character traits I'm in the TV show. I'm assuming show. they did. Um, but we'll go through them more as we go along. But they're really shoehorned in and really inconsistent. Yeah. And, and really basic as well. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, why why make Joe the Essex girl aggressive? That's not <clears throat> likeable, is it? No. You know, you want people to like these characters. This is the fucking S Club's fucking movie. What was Rachel's trait? Rachel, I kind of felt like she was trying to sex it up. Yeah, she, she was. So Rachel's the pretty girl. But um, we'll get to it later. You, I've, I've got a big point. But whilst I remember... Tonight. Do you know who may as well have not been in this film? And, and may as well have not been in S Club 7, let's Tina. face it. Tina. Tina's Tina. fucking useless. Tina is useless. She is. She does absolutely fuck all. She What's does. her line in S Club party? Tina what? Tina's doing a dance. D- what, do you know what? That's all Tina does. Is She does a dance. She barely even does that in this film. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Bradley seems to think <laughs> Alice has had enough of them being annoying, so hired lookalikes without telling them. I'm surprised Bradley isn't playing out to be the stupid one in this. He's so fucking stupid. This is kind of... Well, it's not kind of no, true. No, because Alistair's not fucking real. No. <laughs> they smuggled a suitcase. Is that... Oh, yeah. By the way, no on the one, performance, no they can see Alistair, Alistair in the crowd. Yeah. The, the, the camera zooms in on Alistair conveniently. Yeah. But no one ever questions that the TV show just might not be live. Mm. They might have just made it up. Because they were late. They've just played something again. Because also, S Club were completely unaware of this gig in America because they were planning on having a month off. Mm. This gig in America was taking place the day after their previous gig in Spain. They had to be up early to fly over to America. Let's not get into the logistics of that. Whatever. So, they've seen this on TV. It's a sell-out show. Sell-out. There must be <laughs> thousands of people in that stadium watching them perform. How the fuck did they sell thousands of tickets in America <laughs> in less than 24 hours? <laughs> How? How is that possible? If nobody knew this gig was taking place, then how the fuck did they have a fucking sellout performance? <laughs> To thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. We're not even halfway through yet. We're not even <clears throat> halfway through. The smuggled suitcases out of the hotel. And Hannah, it's just she's just a cunt at this point. I'm not even going to hold back. She is fucking... The language. Unbearable. She is unbearable at this point. 
she decides... She, she's meant to be the most comic relief. It's not she's, funny. She's the dense one. And it's it it's not even work, close to funny. She, they're all smuggling their suitcases out. And because she's who she is as a person, she thinks the better idea would be to wear all of her clothes at once and smuggle it out that way. Yeah, so the idea is that they're not going to pay for the hotel. Yeah. Because they have absolutely no personal wealth, consider- even after a sold-out tour. Mm-hmm. I'll get over it in a minute. So the others are tying up their suitcases and um, putting them out the window, essentially. Yeah. She decides that the suitcase would be too obvious, and so she's going to wear all of her clothes. Yeah. Which, if everybody did that, okay, it would kind of make sense. But everybody else is just lowering their suitcases out the window. Yeah. So what's the point? She might as well just lower her suitcases out the window. How has no one seen this? (laughs) And again, they are committing a crime right now. They're committing another crime. They're, again, getting out of money. Again. Yeah, but they're allowed to because the hotel was really pompous. and What? So when they were down there in their pyjamas, he was like, you can't be down here in your pyjamas. I was like, yeah, we're from the UK, but go to the fucking shop in our pyjamas. I certainly don't. Well, I'm well aware of other people doing yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, Joe's definitely one of those, isn't she? Um, so, I <laughs> Pest Club 7 never listen to this episode. <laughs> I don't think they will. I don't think they know who we are. No. No, do you think they searched their own hashtags I don't on the internet? So. No, I they don't. definitely no, Google they them. They Google I don't themselves. Think they do, no. Joe Googles herself. No. Of course she does. No. <laughs> I hope they never listen. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> so. Because you're a troll. I'm not a troll. Okay, so as anything I've said, anything I've said been untrue. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the reception and Hannah, who doesn't want to act suspicious, acts so suspicious. Uh, and they say they're going for a walk. Uh, they're just going for a walk. They need to get their exercise. Uh, but obviously the plan is to run away without paying. So they leave. The hotel staff, the whole of the hotel staff. No, no, it's not. No, it's him at the desk. So yeah. The rude guy at the desk and eight police officers. They were dressed like hotel staff. No, dressed as police officers. Were they? Yeah. Well, either way, they confront them in the park uh, and arrest them. Uh, but they say the reason they brought a suitcase out with them is they're using them for weights. Yeah, and they start doing some sort of exercises with them. But no, seriously, eight police officers were needed because S Club didn't pay their hotel bill. Mm-hmm. And they got there in a matter of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get that if you were being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, they take them to get the mug shots done and they keep pulling stupid poses um, and the photographer's fuming. He, he is, but, it, well, it's hard to tell, really, because he's quite camp. Yeah. So, it's hard to tell how he's feeling, if he's just being really sarcastic or not, because he's, he's, he is quite camp, let's be fair. And I don't think Spanish. I don't think he's, he's played, definitely not Spanish. He's definitely not played by a Spanish person. John says, you can't arrest us. We're a famous band. If you let us go, I'll sign an autograph and give you a copy of our new CD. What a fucking offer. (laughs) But they're trying to make excuses. And he's like, well, that one's older than the oldest profession. (laughs) Which is a joke about prostitution. How the fuck are kids going to go like, oh, yeah, the oldest profession, (laughs) prostitution. (laughs) That's funny, that is. What fucking child's going to be like that? How old was I when this came out? 
I was 11. I was 15, so it was a, I was a little too old. I never watched this until um, this podcast, so I was a little too old to, to have actually gone out of my way to watch this. Yeah, I watched it at the time, and it was trash back then as well. Um, <clears throat> the police photographer thinks they're impersonating S-Club. We're showing the evil guy from the start of the film who introduces Alistair to his clone, and S-Club are put in prison... They're put in a cell where everyone is in stripes, like they're in a fucking cartoon from the 60s. Yeah, so it's one big sort of cage in the middle of the room. They're clearly in a winery um, because there's tourists going around and um, there's big barrels everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know if... Obviously, they wouldn't have had permission to film in in a Spanish uh, prison. So I think they actually got probably got a permit to film in a winery. Yeah. And they just had to sort of create the scene from that. Yeah. So you have <clears throat> this prison, uh, which is one big cage in the middle. Um, Rachel, Joe, Tina and Hannah are the only women in that prison. Mm-hmm. So um, good luck to them. Um, and Well, no, because everyone seems to be gay. Everyone does seem to be everyone gay. is so camp. Everyone does, yeah, everyone is pretty camp. Um, Bradley wants a club pickle uh, sandwich, and John knows his rights. A guy in a white suit uh, who just looks like a drunk British guy on holiday. Uh, he's slightly camp. He's, uh, he's slightly so camp. camp. He um, he explain. Uh, Hannah gets freaked out because it looks like one of the prisoners have blood on their feet, and he says it's not blood. It's crushed grapes. Rachel offers him two euros to help them escape. And apparently, it's the only prison where people are trying to break in rather than break out. Uh, but to give him a hint on how to escape, he says the disc sergeant likes to dance. Desk sergeant. Desk sergeant, sorry. So this whole grape on the feet thing, what he offers Rachel is uh, for two euros, he'll let her have the first lick of the feet. And Do you know what? I thought that was what was, I thought I was hearing is, things. No, that's what he said. Jesus Christ. For two euros, I'll give you first lick. And, uh... I genuinely thought I misheard that. No, no. And, uh, he goes to the guy. It's, it, it's an older, quite a big gentleman who has all the grape over his feet. And this English dude goes to him and says, uh, I think he says something like, oh, you're my Shiraz, or something like mm. that. Um... I'm assuming it's a gay prison sort of joke scenario. Hilarious. Of course. Um, so, the the desk sergeant, he has a turntable on a barrel. Uh, magically, he that has... That wasn't him, was it? Yeah. I thought that was a prisoner, a white guy with dreadlocks. Oh, no, you're right. No, it's a white guy with dreadlocks. He's a prisoner, um, and he has a barrel with a turntable on it. Which miraculously has Don't Stop Moving ready to play. Don't Stop Moving. Uh, and he puts a coconut to his ear and starts playing the song. Then we get a perfectly choreographed dance routine um, yeah. from S Club and all the prisoners. The prisoners and the officers. Well, Apart take in from mind. two in the back with guns. Well, take <laughs> they in mind. <laughs> they've been taken there, arrested. They've committed fraud. They've tried running away without paying for their hotel. It took eight cops to bring them in because it's so serious, this crime. So later, we find out they're wanted dead or alive. It's that serious. <laughs> and they sit there and they're hosting some sort of dance competition <laughs> oh, yeah, with yeah. the fucking cops. Yeah. 
They're holding up signs, numbers, rating them, judging them, whilst they're dancing to their song. Which would be funny in, like, a, a real film. kids' film. You, you know, that would be... You, you, of course you're going to get these over-the-top moments where logic goes out the window. Of course you're going to get that. But it's so shoddily done... And the rest of it, so sh- everything leading up to it is so shoddy. And you, you've just had a joke about, you know, licking feet in prison. And then you go into a really cheesy number, you know? Yeah. Uh, music but number. Again, the musical number. Okay, the, the, the lyrics to the song. It, it, it makes no sense. It's about dancing. Yeah. Why the fuck are they playing that whilst escaping prison? But no, the idea isn't the idea, and and I hate to defend the film, um, but isn't the idea is that the guy at the desk who's stopping them from leaving likes music and likes dancing, so they're suggesting that he doesn't stop moving and dances so that they can take the keys and escape, which is what they do in the the number. I'm I'm hoping it's actually the case that it didn't make sense. So they escape, Um, and the weird English guy escapes at the same time, but but you never see him again. The thing is, they're tying up this cop. Rachel and Hannah are tying (laughs) him up. Yeah. The other cops are standing there watching, (laughs) not doing a single thing about it, and they just escape. (laughs) No one tries stopping them. No. They just walk out of there. They run around the block. They go in a circle. Apart from Joe. Apart from Joe, because, you know. She doesn't run. She doesn't run. So they're going to make a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that. Because they're meeting back at the hotel, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, it turns out the hotel is actually right next door to the prison. So they didn't need to go all the way around no. the block because it was right next door. She's like, guys, what are you doing? It's right next door. No. Oh, we wanted to take the scenic route. Hannah says, we're like escaped convicts. No, you are an escaped convict. <laughs> even though they let you walk out. Natalie, the uh, tour agent, arrives conveniently right beside them in a taxi. How did they get in touch with her? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. She just arrives, mm. knows exactly where they are, tells them about their clones, um, and they go to the airport. Security guards are looking at an S-Club wanted dead or alive sign as, as they arrive. And in an extremely bizarre series of events. This is really weird. This is the only thing I remembered about this film from when I watched it when I was younger. The only thing. Uh, This is how I found out what a vibrator was. So, Natalie hands them all their belongings. There's chocolate, there's a Game Boy, there's all this random childish shit. She pulls out a vibrating egg... And she goes, my vibrating egg? Oh no! And puts it back. That is no joke. That genuinely happens. That is exactly what happens. In an S Club 7 film. Yeah. That, that is... So she's given them all their stuff for their flight. Neck pillow, passport, money. Because they had, you know... Uh, they had no personal wealth. Natalie had to give them all their money. And uh, I love egg. Yeah. A vibrating egg that vibrates as she holds it out. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, no, not that. <laughs> Who is that for? <laughs> Who is that joke That's, for? You can't even say this is a kid's film. You no. cannot say this is a kid's film. You cannot have a kid's film with a joke about love eggs. 
No, if anyone's listening and they're like, what's a love egg? It, it's just, it's, it, well, it, it's uh, an item for self-pleasure for women, isn't it? <laughs> You've had to explain some shit. I know, I have. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it's a vibrator. It's, yes. you know, for, for women's masturbation. Why is there a joke based around it in the middle of an S Club film? That is rated PG. PG. Who is this for? Who is this film for? <laughs> so we've had jokes about implants, prostitution, and now a vibrator. Yes. How are they getting past the security at the airport? So they're all going? they're all dressed in their normal clothes that like the escape prison in. Natalie leans forward a bit after getting a vibrating there, gal. <laughs> she leans forward a bit, steps back, and they're all magically now dressed in full. England attire, as in England, the football team, face paint, t-shirts, the lot, and they're walking into the airport chanting England shit and clapping. Yeah. There is no way even a child could suspend disbelief that much. Hold up a minute. That wanted poster, Dead or Alive. Yeah. What did it say on there? I went wanted dead alive S Club. Did it say S Club? Yeah. But they're not S Club. Exactly. But they're not S Club. No <laughs> if it's wanted dead or alive S Club and every single person has told them that they're not S Club. Yeah. yeah. Why can't they just walk in the app? Yeah. Be like, mate, we're not S Club. S Club are in LA at the minute performing live. Also, how do they think that was a good disguise. You could still <laughs> clearly see it's them. You can fucking hear Hannah's annoying voice from anywhere. It's clear it's them. And also, and uh, number one, it's their fucking passports anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's so they had passports. to go with their fucking passports. And I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get too much into it, but this is like two thousand and three. Yeah. You know, security was fucking tight. Still is to this day. At airports. You would never imagine one of us trying to get on a plane with a full uh, face paint on. Would never happen. But, yeah, but imagine getting on the plane, being wanted, dead or alive, (laughs) and showing your passport, admitting you are that person. (laughs) Yeah. But they're not, because they're S-Club. But that's... And S-Club are already in their legs. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So they go to LA. (laughs) They go to LA. And they drive to where the clones are staying and realise they've never stayed anywhere so posh when they were touring. This is bullshit. Your hotel this is bullshit. They had a lovely hotel in Spain. Uh, what, uh, how does she describe it? Uh, Rachel describes it as a uh, private five-star estate. Yeah. Um, Joe is fuming because they didn't stay anywhere that nice on tour. This is after they had... We, we had a little montage of them going around LA. We did, unfortunately. If anybody... Wa- this might be a little... Um, what do you call it? Niche. Uh, but if anybody remembers RuPaul's Drag Race at the beginning of season five where they do that thing where they're doing a tour bus of LA and they're like, celebrities waving back and they're all waving. <laughs> it's like that, a really shit song. <laughs> Like, there's the Hollywood sign. Oh, let's get some donuts. Oh, look, there's the beach. Oh, look, there's LA 
strip or whatever. Why the hell they've never been there before? There's a whole fucking TV series dedicated to them living in LA. I, I think I don't think this is a sequel to that, is there? It, it must be. It's got to be a title. The manager's in it. He's in the TV show. Oh, I feel like they've never been to LA before. Are you serious? Yes. Is it the same guy from the yeah. TV show? Uh-huh. LA7? Yeah. So why are they acting like they've never been to LA before? Because they're fucking idiots. Oh. Oh, that's dumb. Bradley used a joke that will only be acceptable, not even in 2003. This fucking old yeah. the moment it was Damn. fucking introduced. <laughs> yeah. He said, who let the dogs out? And there's actually some dogs barking yeah. at a gate. And he's like, no, for real, look. No, don't use that fucking joke, you fucking moron. Well, number one, no one let them out because they're no. behind the gate. Yeah, they're behind a fucking gate. Yeah. So Hannah has an idea. Uh, they oh, start yeah. using shit code names for each other. Um, Joan says, Bird Dog to Essex Terrier come in. Joe doesn't want to be Essex Terrier now. She wants to be Tough Sirloin. This goes on for so long. We get about five minutes of them yeah. talking about nicknames, and no one cares. And how does that? Well, look, if Joe can change hers, I want to change mine. We'll just call you twat for the rest of the film then. <laughs> so they start using Nokia phones as walkie talkies. They do. <laughs> they do use Nokia phones as walkie talkies. Uh, John says the eagle has landed, and Hannah says, Where? I love eagles. <sighs> Hannah tries asking the dogs to be quiet by bargaining with some hand puppets. That also goes on for far too long. She distracts them using uh, a very long story featuring hand puppets. Yeah. The story is shit. It goes nowhere. Um, it's it's actually incomprehensible. I, I can't remember any part of it. I didn't write down. It just sounded like words. Any part of it. It, it just, was not registering. She's me. just chatting shit. And this whole thing with the dogs, this entire sequence is a massive waste of time. You'll find out why shortly. Nothing can pay for the reason why. No. Rachel requests to be buried in a violet dress if she doesn't make it when she's climbing over the wall. So. Yeah, so they climb over the wall. Joe says for Rachel to go first. Rachel thinks she's going to die. She says, can I be buried in my violet dress? And tell my mum. And not the violet dress that I wore to uh, my sweet 16, but the one with the matching strappy sandals. Bitch, you're British. You ain't a fucking sweet 16. What the fuck are you talking about? But what I don't get is, so Rachel is meant to, so this is one of her character traits is that she's the fashion queen, that she's, you know, she's violet dress with the strappy sandals. But you don't really see any of that no. from now on. There, there's one moment. Of it before. There's one moment where the clone's like, I went past the shoe shop and I paused. I don't know why. Exactly. That's it. And it also, it, but the thing is also when the, later on, where the clones are doing their homework, it says that Rachel was a three times champion of biggest shopper at Harvey Nichols or whatever it was it says it on the screen did you get that yeah, yeah. did you see that but earlier in the film when we have a credit card spree it's Hannah that does all the shopping yeah and Rachel goes to the spa so what what cliched character trait are you trying to give Rachel 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who who is who is this meant to be? Well, I actually think they're trying to give her as Rachel from Friends, if I'm being honest. But there's other scenes where she sexes it up a bit. So yeah. it's like, yeah, but what's she trying to do? Yeah, so she's trying to be that flirty, fashiony girl. But why have Hannah, who's the ditzy one, doing like a massive shop earlier? That's got nothing to do with her character traits. Like, no. who are these characters that you're trying to create? Because they're here, there, and fucking everywhere. Well, they all go through a maze. Uh, John ties a bit of Rachel's jumper around a branch before he goes in. Now, if Rachel was such a fashion queen and she cared about what she was wearing so much, she'd be like, John, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> she'd be fuming. Yeah. But she doesn't care. Um, so Hannah's still talking to the dogs like a twat. Um, they spot the clones getting dance classes. Clone Joe isn't having any of it. She can't get the routine, so she has to sit down. I understand the point of this scene now. Because Joe's back was hurting. I get that. But in the context of the film, it makes no sense. No. Because they're watching them do the choreography. These are meant to be, um, you know, clones. Perfect clones. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, don't chat back. Don't do, you know, they just get on with it and they do things perfectly. Yeah. I mean, they've just had a fucking sold out performance in LA. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So they must have been doing something right that night. And uh, it's fairly complicated choreography. I, d- I don't know why they just didn't simplify it to help Joe's back. Or or why don't you just have a singing scene? Yeah. Why don't they just sing? Yeah. That would be nice. But no, you, you have this scene where Joe's not getting the choreography. So she's getting read to filth by the choreographer. She's been told that she needs to sit this one out and that she's a real disappointment. Yeah? Yeah. And then Bradley outside says, ah, oh, that seems like the Joe I know. So I'm like, why is poor Joe getting read to filth? <laughs> <laughs> it's not often I'll say poor Joe, but why is poor Joe getting fucking read to filth in this scene just because she had a bad back in real life? You could have got around this. There's no need to be a cunt to her. <laughs> it's really rude because there was no suggestions before in, in anything S-Club related that Joe couldn't like dance I mean she dances in all the videos yeah all that business do you know what that reminded me of what? you know the steps reunion yeah Claire Claire had to sit in the mouth <laughs> she couldn't do the dance reminded me of that this should have been steps should have been steps would have been great uh, John's allergic to fake plants apparently because there's some near him that are clearly fake clearly fake it takes him a very long time yeah to have... they're there for a long time then he decides yeah. he's got an allergy he sneezes yeah. and they get chased by dogs no one hears him screaming uh, magically enough. They follow the jumper thread back through the maze. They are <laughs> screaming, aren't they? They really are. They're not trying to be quiet. No. The dog bites the back of Bradley's trousers off um, and reveals his underwear. Mm. Great comedy. And then we find that the whole scene was a waste of time because Joe does the only thing she's good for in this film, turns around to the dogs, pulls a stupid face, growls at them, and they shut up. So what are they saying? Is she a dog? Is she a dog in disguise? Well, no, she's the scary one. She's the, the she's the aggressive one, isn't she? You know how in the Spice Girls film, mm. they had the forced, cliched character traits? Obviously, they've done the same in this film. So, Joe's is a bit like um, Sporty Spices. Yeah. In that she's, you know, a tomboy. She's, a, she's one of the lads and, and mm. that, and she 
growls at dogs and the dogs shut up. And she could have done it all She could have done that to begin with. If, if that was the case, she could have just done that to begin with. What a waste of our time. They now have a caravan. For some reason. Which I think is from the TV show. Okay. Uh, John has the idea of kidnapping the three of them and switching places. So they go to a studio where they're recording a music video. Rachel pretends to be a window cleaner for a security guard. She soaps up the window. They all sneak through. They don't know. So this is the confusing part. Sorry. So they decided to kidnap three of them. So half of the doppelgangers and take their place. So they've infiltrated the fake band. Hannah, Tina and John sneak into the studio. So they're in, they're in by the, uh, the security desk uh, where you would drive up. So they sneak past that whilst Rachel does a flirty little um, window clean mm-hmm. for the security guard. Yeah? yeah? So that's Hannah, Tina and John. Mm-hmm. We then go into the studio. So Tina knocks out Hannah with a bucket. Yeah. After saying, after Hannah says, lovely bucket, Tina. Uh, no, hi, Teen. What a nice bucket. What a nice bucket. There we go. Again, that's a funny joke. But then Rachel pretends to be fake Rachel in a mirror. Yeah. And they do that old sort of... the. She's copying her moves and then she suddenly stops and fake Rachel's like, oh, what's going on here? So the real Rachel, who's dressed in exactly the same outfit, I don't know where they got the outfit from, (laughs) whatever, goes under the table and pulls something for the chair, for fake Rachel's chair to collapse and her to be knocked out. How did Rachel get to the studio? When Rachel was the one that had to do the window washing yeah. for the, to distract the security guard. Yeah. Then John and Bradley. Again, how did Bradley get into the studio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because he didn't go in when Rachel was distracting them. No. They quite clearly and very obviously kidnap fake John in front of... Of a crew mm-hmm. and a camera yep. filming for the music video. So, real Rachel, real Hannah, and real John join the music video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what's going on, what the choreography is, none of that. Yeah. Even though John, fake John, has had, like, took a time out, <laughs> you know, in yeah. front of these cameras. And at the end of it, the director of the music video turns around and says, good work today, guys. They're told they did an excellent job. The three of them weren't doing anything. They, they were, mustn't have been able they to do anything. They were doing the worst fucking dances I've ever seen. It, it was not matching what everyone else was doing. And why did nobody notice that John was gone? Like, why yeah. did nobody notice? Yeah. Because real John stepped in and started doing a stupid dance. But... They're there, they're filming, yeah? Yeah. So they had to kidnap fake John, pull him behind, pass some clothes, swap the clothes with real John, and then real John go back in. That's going to take a while. Yeah, it's one of the messiest sequences in the film. Oh, it's fucking stupid. 
Bradley, Tina and Joe interrogate the clones and Rachel implies there's something going on between her and Bradley. So this is a thing. Yeah, so fake Rachel and Bradley, real Bradley have a thing, don't they? It's just fucking weird. Like, why would you include that in a film when you you know you're going to be in a band with this person after? It's fucking weird. Well, I'm, I'm no, I, I there's clearly it's... nothing going on about, between them in real life. Yeah, of course, but the, the you know that's what acting is. You mm. know, in in any film or TV thing, it, just because they're acting in a film, doesn't mean that it's real in real life. The awkward part of this is probably the fact that they've had a friendship for many years before mm-hmm. in a band. That That's awkward. Yeah. yeah. Rachel, John and Hannah um, interrogate the other clones whilst eating jelly, uh, who reveal they just rehearse and perform, nothing else. It's really, it's actually quite... They're eating jelly with chopsticks, by the way. Yeah. fucking stupid. But it's actually quite sad. Because the doppelgangers are trying to make conversation with them. So, you know, what what were you like before the band? What's your hopes, dreams? What, you know, all that business. And the real S Club were like, we're S Club. We record music and tour. That's all we do. Like, mm-hmm. why, why are you constantly hammering in this idea that you are ridiculously unhappy, you know, being yeah. pop stars. What What is this about? What What are they trying to say? I have no idea. It's just like, like, okay, you know, are, are we meant to feel bad for you? Because clearly you're doing it for fuck all because you've got absolutely no money. No. So what is this even about? And it's, it's never really fully developed. It's just every so often they're like, oh, I'm fed up with touring, I am. Oh, you know, we never have any personal lives. We never do this. We never do that. Oh, okay, sorry. I won't buy your new album. Sorry, <laughs> mate. Chloe and Rachel makes Bradley some sexy tea and brings in biscuits. <laughs> yeah. The clones want... Um, uh, did you know what, what does Bradley say? She's housebroken. She's housebroken. And Tina's yeah. like, you're disgusting, you are. And Tina... Yeah, Tina's still in this, by the way. Tina is still in this. And Tina, because we're thinking, what's her character trait? She's barely in it. She's reading a big book of trivia. Yeah. So, seemingly, Tina's meant to be the clever one. Apparently. The, like, the Velma of the group. It's It's never really, you know just shown other than the fact that she sat there reading a big book of fucking trivia I'm assuming that was her character trait in the TV series maybe in a bizarre series of events the clones want John, Rachel and Hannah to shower with them John says his clothes come off for no one whereas Rachel and Hannah happily get undressed and get in the shower you are hearing this right by the way I, I'm absolutely baffled as to why they chose for this to be a thing why is this a thing Bradley's having an outdoor shower by the caravan, because they're tramps, apparently. And Rachel and Hannah join him. Tina is absolutely fuming about this. Well, she is, because she's got... It's it's really weird, because Tina's so horrified at the thought of getting in the shower with Bradley. She's like, we need the shower too, stop using up all the hot water. Fake Rachel and Hannah, like the fake rest of them, are used Mm -hmm. to showering together. Joe's not part of any of this scene. They join and Tina is. Oh yeah, Joe this. isn't part. Joe's not part of any of this. Um, so then she's then Tina's like, "Oh God, what's going on?" 
So then fake John gets in the shower as well because he's used to all showering together and um, Bradley's horrified and... They start chanting SBP. Yeah. Whatever uh, the fuck that means. The, the big thing... I don't really get it. The big idea is the fact that they shower in the mornings and they shower after practice. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So that's it. I don't get what the point of it is. It, it's not for any sort of clone medical reason. No. I don't understand it. I don't understand what the joke's for. It's stupid. Um, there's, uh, you know, Bradley horrified at the thought of John getting in the shower with him when the other two were perfectly fine, you know, when Hannah and Rachel were perfectly fine to get in. Um, he says, that's sick, and runs out mm-hmm. as fast as he can. Um Seemingly, the only point of all this shower bullshit is so that they notice that the doppelgangers don't have belly buttons. Well, I don't even notice that, that first in the shower. Well, well they, obviously they do, but that's... Well, they, they talk about it afterwards, yes. don't they? Um, Bradley warns... Fake... Uh, Bradley clone warns he'll report John to Alistair clone for not showering. So John showers in his clothes. Oh, yeah. Um, Rachel asked John if he noticed anything strange in the showers. He said he looked and he did notice something strange, but he still respects her. What the fuck does that even mean? No idea. Absolutely no idea what yeah. that means. Hannah points out the, the at 32, their bellies. 32 years old and I have absolutely no idea no. what that joke means. No. Imagine at 12, 13, oh, target no. audience for this. Yeah. I have no fucking clue no. what that meant. Hannah points out um, that they all have their bellies out, but they have no belly buttons, which at first... We didn't even know. Because there's no special effect. They've clearly just pulled the trousers up over the belly buttons. Yeah. So what I thought they were getting at was them not having any genitals. Yeah. <laughs> For ages. And we were like, well, what, what is it? What is, what is it? What makes them different? And it's only later on that, it's, you know, they mention it again more clearly that they didn't have belly buttons. Yeah. Um, but you get a shot of the belly buttonless bellies right after so that whole shower sequence which was meant to be for the big reveal about the belly buttons was completely fucking pointless because they just showed their bellies anyway yeah and the girls are always wearing crop tops Uh uh-huh alistair klein puts headsets on them all and makes them lie down and the screens giving facts about themselves uh tina suggests taking the clones clubbing Bradley thinks they're robots, and then Tina finally realises that they're clones, 50 minutes into the film. <laughs> How does she realise they're clones? Uh, would you like to tell us? So, apparently, <laughs> they, they're clones because the professor has been buying all their memorabilia online, including their underwear. Yeah. And has used whatever he's found within that underwear or memorabilia to create clones. And they're unaware of this and selling their underwear online, which is, I'm assuming, highly illegal to steal someone's undergarments and sell them online. But this is how he's been doing it. Rachel goes on her little Blackberry... uh, Not Rachel, Joe goes on her little Blackberry tablet thing. And uses the internet to find out. And yeah. To find out the, this guy's Finds name. Finds it quite easily. Yeah, who's bought it all. I'm assuming it's some sort of mundane version of eBay that it's meant to be. Um, but yeah, so that's how they find out his clones. Yeah. Because he's taking what I'm assuming is their pubic hair and using it to uh, create doppelgangers. Of course. 
So, um, the signing autographs, the, the clones and uh, Rachel and Hannah and uh, John, they're, they're all signing autographs, uh, acting like robots. And as a kid that comes up with an autograph, over CD, Rachel writes a message on there saying they've been held captive by aliens and to send help. Alistair takes the CD from the girl and gives her another one. So it said that was completely pointless. And the queue is entirely made up of adults. Grown adults. Yeah. And it is the only child in what I can only assume is a fucking shit wig. Her hair looks <laughs> awful, this child. Like, really, like, helmet head. Um, proper coconut head. Didn't she? <laughs> she did. Um, but... As far as we're concerned, Rachel and Hannah and John aren't being held captive. No. Because they They're not. They decided they to go are. there. Yeah, and then it, it was only because she wrote that on the CD mm. that they realised that they want the fake version of them. Yeah. So if Shannon had written that, she would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. And let's be fair, you're in the middle of a fucking CD sign-in. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? You know, kill you on the way out? Just mm. leave? Alistair calls the big villain and tells him that they've infiltrated the clones. Tina teaches their clones how to throw sticks. Hannah, John... Boomerangs. Wow, well, boomerangs. boomerangs. But they clearly just sticks. <laughs> Hannah, John and Rachel say they need to visit the little pop star's room. They try to escape, but henchmen take them away. Bradley realises something's wrong. Uh, he goes to check the beach, and John Clone wants to go with him because he's never visited the ocean. So, after this... They they try to escape from this shop, music store, by going... Okay, they said they needed to go to the toilet. But they go downstairs into, like, a car park? Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Like, the entrance is right there. The queue's out the door, because mm-hmm. she's the biggest band on the planet, apparently. Um, why don't you just, like, sneak out the door? Yeah. I don't fucking get it. Oh, my God. The logic How of this it- film is... Sh- Stupid. Hannah starts singing Never Had a Dream Come True. She does. For no reason. It's no relation to the scene. At all. The, the lyrics make no sense for what, the scene. What they were talking about before was the fact that the clones were bores. And they were bores because they never wanted anything. They they never needed anything. They never wanted anything. And that made them bores. <laughs> What's the... But they're not the ones going on and on and on about having to work for a yeah. living. Whilst she's singing the song, Bradley mistakes two randomers on the beach. <laughs> Rachel. That's so funny. That's the best part of the film. <laughs> they look nothing like them. They look nothing like They have slightly similar hair from the back, but other than that, they look fuck all like them. That's so funny. Hannah and Rachel clones eat hot dogs. Uh, as well as learn dance routines with Tina. Yeah, they eat too much. Bradley teaches John Clone how to kick a football on the beach before they let balloons off for no reason. Hannah mm. Clone gets pissed off at a bike. Rachel Clone squirts ketchup everywhere. John Clone shakes up a can of Pepsi, downs it and litters on the beach. <laughs> Joe tells Hannah and Rachel Clones that they're not real, the clones and get over it. She's just very arsh, isn't she? Very, yeah. very arsh. Very to the point. The, the clones are making a sandcastle whilst Joe, Tina and Bradley explain uh, that they're fake, just like penicillin cheerleaders and fake boobs. Yeah. The clones now remember that they're in a big colourful cave and Hannah Clone now magically remembers it was called Eagle Peak after they build the entire thing from sand. Yeah, so it's quite fortunate that the, the bad guy at the beginning shouts... 
Welcome to Eagle Peak. Yeah. Which you might have thought was a little out of place to begin with. It's like, you know, what, what's the point? Um, that's the point to, to piece this together at the end. Yeah, so John, Rachel and Hannah are taken to Eagle Peak and Bradley gathers everyone together to all go there. The clones want revenge and they all go to Eagle Peak to uh, save the day. There are various signs on the gates saying for six people to keep out. It was supposed to be funny in somewhere or another. Hannah thought a retinal scanner was a rectal scanner. <laughs> Joe explains this by showing, by, by whispering something to her and she touches her ass. <laughs> They all get in because the clones can use the retinal scanner. Uh, Alistair catches them and they find clone tubes for Tom Green, Marilyn Monroe and James Dean. Yes. Uh, yeah, essentially. And, and Buddy Holly yeah. as well. They're all tied up and Rachel Acid, the bad guy, was the guy who brought the knickers from the internet. Somehow she knows about it. Why? Did, yeah, how does she know about it? She knows all about it. We actually think she was the ones selling them. Don't mm. we? We've agreed. There's a conspiracy theory go online. Um, it's that Rachel is the one behind all of this. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. We'll find out in the sequel. So, um, triple. John questions why he'd choose S Club 7 for cloning and taking over the world. It's what we're all thinking. And he says, uh, he asks if they'd rather see Britney Spears or Bill Gates naked. John and Bradley confirms they'd rather see Britney. Well, John's gay, so that's clearly a lie. He'd much rather see Bill Gates naked. Evil guy reveals... Oh, excuse me, I'm gay and I'd still rather see Britney Spears <laughs> naked, so let's not get into that shit. The evil guy reveals the future lies in music and he wanted to capture the eyes and minds of young people. Which is really weird. He says they'll be dead in five minutes. He reveals this whole plan to them. Uh, Joe's not scared, but everyone else is. And uh, the clones... Coming free them, they, they realise that Alice is a clone because it doesn't have a belly button. And they all, they have the chance to escape. And so they all go to a big dining hall where all the clones are. This is what I don't understand. Is that they've been helped out to escape. But mm -hmm. instead of escaping, they all go and drink, a uh, drink, and, and eat soup in a big hall like Harry fucking Potter. Yeah. With a bunch of doppelgangers who are just shitty look-alike yeah and they look nothing like the real thing they look fuck all like got, the real thing and the only one that does is obviously gareth gates because it is gareth gates because he's got, the only one they can afford you've got michael jackson you've got a shit madonna you've got a shit tina turner it's, it's awful they um the, the evil villain tells him he's going to blow the place up within three minutes so with three minutes to spare what do they do they sing a song and do a dance they do and the song is about uh when you're a clone you're never alone yeah living a lie um don't know who you think you are but do you know for sure so i think this was probably written specifically yeah. for the film um the michael jackson has a dance solo with one minute to spare uh the michael jackson is suddenly in an helicopter Within so seconds. The Professor and, and Natasha, I don't know her fucking name. So they go to escape. Uh, they're on one of those ladders on a helicopter. Turns out that Michael Jackson impersonator slash clone is the one piloting the helicopter for some fucking reason. They get arrested. They stay in the back of the police car, uh, not moving at all for the rest of the film. No. They just sit there really awkwardly yeah. whilst, whilst the rest of the scenes go on. The rest of them boo. Boo them. They do boo. They boo. Uh, Alistair knocks out the Alistair clone. They all escape. It's all happy now. Bradley and Rachel have a romantic kiss goodbye. Actual Rachel is disgusted by this. 
Uh, and the Seven version of S Club Seven, they're on stage performing that same clip from earlier on in the film, uh, whilst the real S Club are having a holiday on the beach, and Rachel has a romantic ending with Gareth Gates, who has a belly button even though it's a clone. <laughs> the funny thing is, towards the end, I was like, well, why is he choosing S Club? Surely it would be a lot cheaper to get the DNA of one person, like Madonna Gareth or Gates. Michael Jackson or Gareth Gates. And then you realise that S Club were actually the bottom of a very, very long list yeah. of people that he's cloned. Yeah. <laughs> including Groucho Marx, who... Yeah. I don't know how he got his DNA. Um, like James Dean, who died in 1955. Mm-hmm. Where's he getting his fucking DNA? I have no idea. But that is S Club C and Double. That is S Club C and Double. The, I mean, you know... I'd argue there probably is a party like an S Club party after that shit. It defies all logic, and I, yeah, I can allow some of it, but when it gets too much, it's just shit and it's stupid. It's, it's the worst funny. music film we've covered yet, without a doubt. Oh, it's worse than Spice World. Maybe on par with Can't Stop the Music. Oh, I don't know. But either way, that was S Club scene double. If by some miraculous chance you've actually seen it, let us know on social media. We're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and like and follow everything else. I am Gaz 92 on Letterboxd, GazMo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker 823 on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter. And we're back with another good film next week. We'll be talking about zombie classic Dawn of the Dead. Yes. So we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye.